2: From Studio C, it's a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today we're under the general uh, tutelage of our general manager. Let's go with the Mexican cartels, because that story is really damned interesting. Among the many interesting stories going on today. But it's Friday, heading on to the weekend. A number of things that are uh, on my mind and I look forward to talking about. One being that story with the cartels grabbing a whole bunch of guys, as Joe predicted, turning them over saying, hey, we got the guys. We'll lay off. We're not in the business of killing Americans. Trust us, we're not. Don't send the Marines. If you haven't heard that story, it's absolutely amazing. Amazing. Big finisher. And then a couple other stories that I want to get to. Oh, yeah. And then they so they they had the the guys were abducted, tied up next to a truck with a long apology note next to them saying, these are the guys. Leave us alone. Don't send to the 102nd Airborne. We we won't kill Americans anymore. I mean, it's just, well, one, it's uh, more or less what Joe predicted. And two, it just uh, uh, shows you what a threat from the United States will do. But um, look forward to talking about that story. I want to talk about how uh, Joe Biden's budget is not a story. Uh, We have been doing this for, what, 25 years? And uh, figured out fairly early early on that whole the president has put forward his budget story is a stupid, stupid story. That only morons are interested in talking about (laughs) because it never happens. I don't care whether it's George Bush putting forward his budget or Barack Obama or Joe Biden yesterday. It's never going to happen. It's it's a wish. It's it's like asking me, what kind of car would you like to have if you could have any car? And I say Bugatti. And then we go about our business because I've got no plans to get a Bugatti. I don't have the money for one. I'll never actually get one. So what was that all for? That's what the president's budget is. Uh, And we'll talk about that. Uh, A little bit later. Um, And then so, and the other story, among many, that we're going to talk about today. But uh, I woke up, when I got up today, turned on MSNBC to flip around the channels. I usually catch a little Fox and Friends, and I catch a little The Morning Joe and see what various people are talking about. Go to a couple of different websites. And uh, MSNBC was for maybe literally the 150th time. And I mean literally. I'm not even exaggerating. Maybe for the 150th time since Donald Trump came on the scene as a politician, MSNBC saying indictments are likely, according to sources in the New York Times. Are you flipping kidding me? Does your audience enjoy that over and over and over again? Wow. How many times can you say indictments are likely in this case or that case? And it not happen and yeah, it, man, it 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 makes the whole um, the whole story of the boy who cried wolf. Maybe that's a, maybe that's not a true story. Maybe we need to do away with that one. Maybe you can just keep caught crying wolf forever. I guess. And people respond. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be a uh, a regular MSNBC viewer who would get excited every time you heard that. But in this particular case, the New York Times is out with a story saying indictments are likely, according to sources. Uh, this case in the Stormy Daniels, quote, hush money case, which has always bothered me because hush money's not really a like a particular crime. Um uh, like for instance, if you've been you following the uh, the Tiger Woods thing, it's all about an NDA he had signed with his girlfriend. Wouldn't that be fun to have relationships where you sign NDAs? An NDA is an, a non-disclosure agreement, but you can do that. You could do. I could do that as a guy who wants to date. I don't think I would. Uh, I would ever have anybody who wants to date me. I, I mean, you know, it's hard enough as it is without uh, saying, "Would you sign an NDA?" Meaning, you will never talk about anything that goes on in our relationship. You can do that. That's perfectly legal. Or I could. I could say to a woman, "Hey, I'll give you fifty thousand dollars if you never talk to anybody about the date we went on the other night, or the weekend we just had in Cabo, or whatever." I can do that. It's not against the law. Um, So I've never quite understood what this Stormy Daniels hush money thing is all about. I guess it's going to get into some sort of it was campaign funds or um, uh, he uh, misconstrued his worth or something like that. But it's not really specifically about the fact that he paid some porn star to not talk about the affair. And wouldn't it be a heck of a thing if, if if for the first time in U.S. history, a... Sitting president or former president is indicted, it's over having sex with a porn star. How is most of America gonna react to that? I gotta think a majority of America. I mean, you got the forty percent or so of people that want, you know, that are on Trump's side. Then you got all those people in the middle who I think would react with, really? Of all the things? I mean, like if he if he was colluding with Russia to steal an election, all right, maybe. It turned out he wasn't. If he was, uh, what are the various other things he's been charged with? Um, if he was doing this thing or that thing, if he if he interfered in an election, you know that case is still going on in Georgia. If he violated election law on some way, okay, maybe maybe that's him. But really, he paid a porn star to 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 not talk about the fact that he had sex with her when he was married because it was going to look bad. Really, and is there any? How many people? Don't think that he did have sex with that porn star. I, I got to believe even the en- evangelical crowd, those of you who uh, really like Donald Trump from that standpoint, think he probably did and, and whatever. I don't know. I don't. I can't believe this is still a story. Front page, top of the fold, New York Times, lead story on all your cable news channels other than Fox yesterday. So there's that. And uh, maybe we'll look at that. And the the fun it always is to go through a New York Times article and and see where it says, Sources say that perhaps, and then they construe all kinds of uh, exciting things from a perhaps. Um, If you live on the West Coast or certain parts of the West Coast, you're getting beaten by yet another uh, rainstorm. This one called an atmospheric river. While it is uh, warmer than heck across uh, the rest of the country, so that's what the weekend is going to look like. I just uh, drove to work in the pouring, pouring rain. And I don't know if the drought is over and it means that we can uh, drive gas-guzzling cars again because climate change was a lie. I don't know, I don't know, if, any, I don't know if any of that is true or not, but uh, that's the way I'm going to take it. Let's start the show officially so we can uh, move on to some of the things I want to get to today. Got some great guests coming up later, by the way, including, going to talk to our, our old friend Mike Lyons, who I was watching on CNN the other day and had some really good stuff about Bakhmut and that battle and how intense it is and why... Ukraine is uh, looking like they're practically willing to fight to the last man in that not particularly strategic important town. But it is a gruesome warfare going on there. Like I've been saying, that is a a battle that's been going on for months. That is a battle that they're going to write books about and make movies about, the Battle of Bakhmut. But we'll talk to Mike Lines about that. I want to talk to him about our readiness for uh, a war, which was in the news yesterday. We talked about that. Uh, with some of the things that China's doing and a variety of other things. but Let's start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is How Did It Already Get To Be Friday, March the 10th, the year 2023. We are Armstrong and Getting. we approve of this program. We start the show at... It seems like it's too early right now. How about now? Mark. Rita Marino and West Side Story. I
1: can't believe I'll leave you with that
2: that's the shortest speech in oscar history and we play that because the oscars are sunday night aren't you excited no you're probably not as the oscars have set uh, record low ratings every year and i i wonder if the ratings are going to go up this year because of the slap last year i got some funny stuff on that and um i like m- most of america do not care much about the Oscar ceremony. I have some interest in who wins the Oscars, just because it is some indication sometimes of what's a a good movie I ought to see. But um, some of the extraordinary measures that they've put in place to try to make sure this sort of thing that happened last year with one of the biggest movie stars in the world, Will Smith, walking up on stage and assaulting one of the presenters uh, to try to make sure that doesn't happen again. The lengths they've gone to, it's just hilarious it really reminds me of the reaction to Janet Jackson's nipple back after the Super Bowl back in the day and you know a black swan event happens something that's never happened before and is never going to happen again even if you don't do anything but you put all these procedures in place in case the exact sort of thing would happen a year later and it's just funny so uh, we'll go through some of that stuff I hope somebody charges the stage I really do I know I've got some good examples of things that might happen like if Meryl Streep kitches, kicks Dame Judi Dench in the crotch, what do they do in that particular instance? Do they have a plan? Because you got to have a plan for every contingency. What if Matt Damon puts Steven Spielberg in a headlock and drags him around the stage? Do you have a plan for that? You don't? We'll get a plan. Because you never know what's going to happen. Um, so that's kind of funny. And we'll get into all those things. Um, if, if I remember correctly, on Fridays we do a little something called Cow, which is Clips of the Week, and we've got that coming out. And it was quite an interesting week, so that's on the way. And you can always hit us on the text line at 415-295-KFTC.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. purdue's online university for working adults you know you're worth it we do too so don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu
1: it's the kia summer sticker sales event so give your friends something to look at like a b and with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers or a sunset that needs no filter
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Actor Robert Blake died at the age of uh, very, very old yesterday, and um, he starred in a TV show a half a century ago called Beretta, and I was just discussing with our executive producer, Hanson. He, like me, was a big fan of Beretta back then and watched uh, watched it every week because it was such a... But, uh, uh, Younger people around the radio station don't remember the show at all. So I was trying to decide whether or not this is anything worth mentioning. Um, so maybe we'll do an entire hour of your favorite uh, moments from the TV show, Beretta. <laughs> and there's the theme song right there. But anyway, uh, one of the interesting things about Robert Blake, of course, was that he escaped a, uh, a, a murder rap on his. It was his ex-wife at the time, wasn't it? In fact, Chris Rock was talking about it in his big stand-up special last Saturday on Netflix. Of course, Chris Rock is like my age, too, so he remember, remembers Beretta. All the younger people in his audience were like, what the hell's Beretta? Anyway, it is Friday, so this is what we do every single Friday. We take a fond look back at the week that was. It's always interesting to remember all the things that happened just the last four and a half days. Uh, it's something we call cow clips of the week. Three, two, one, up. voiced and powered by A.I. This is Radio GPT.
0: What the hell's going on? Having my baby with Nick it. But what we've just witnessed is the problem with this show. I stated the facts. I stated the facts. You know what you
3: don't have? You don't have no heart. You ain't got two balls.
0: Naughty
4: not. Naughty. Naughty. (laughs) You think it's no. smart? You think you're funny? No, you're you, not. You think you're funny.
2: You're throwing the you m- m- your guy. mouth. Yeah. Because you don't you're know you going to tell me to shut my mouth? Yes, yeah. I did. Pull it. Yeah.
3: I am your retribution. I am your retribution. not going to let this happen.
0: We got more to do. I'm determined to finish the job. It's four years later. How articulate is he going to be? How forceful is he going to be? How strong is he going to be?
4: Are you going to endorse Joe Biden if he runs for re-election?
3: Oh, there's plenty of time for the election. Let's wait until we see who all the players are.
2: I want to be president because this country needs to make an economic U-turn. Black Californians could be paid $360,000 each as part of a reparations plan.
4: The hilarious thing that came out of this is that it's almost entirely white people that canceled me.
0: Good morning, Joe.
4: (laughs) I don't know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism. The war uh, which uh, we are trying to stop and which was launched against us using Ukraine.
2: (laughs) I think China, the Chinese Communist Party, is the one that needs to pump the brakes. Conventional wisdom was,
4: the more you bring China into the world order, the more they're gonna change. And that assumption was just plain wrong. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. I think
2: it's bull When you see police
4: barricades breached, when you see police officers assaulted, The Congressional Subcommittee says Dr. Anthony Fauci prompted the drafting of a paper in February 2020 that would disprove that COVID-19 leaked from the Wuhan China lab. Police found Latavia McGee and Eric Williams alive in a small house. We need to unleash the fury of the United States on these narco-terrorists, and we're gonna do
2: it. Stand aside, let the United States do what has to be done to deal with these groups.
4: A group of entrepreneurs in Massachusetts have filed paperwork to open a topless marijuana
2: dispensary, though they might run into some legal issues since they're 10. You've never seen me do a movie with my shirt on.
4: If I'm in a movie getting open heart surgery,
0: I got on a sweater.
2: There you go. And that was Chris Rock talking about the Oscar slap and the Oscars are this Sunday. Which of your favorite stars will be assaulted by another one of your favorite stars in Hollywood on Sunday? That was a good cow Clips of the Week. Among stories that maybe we'll get into a little bit later. So we have talked a fair amount about the protests in France over a problem that we've got screaming at us and are ignoring just like France did, and that is basically their... They have different names for their stuff over there, but uh, their social security program. So everybody's been able to retire at age 62. And guess what? Just like in the United States, they've run out of money for being able to do that. It doesn't work anymore. You don't have enough young people paying in to pay for all the old people that are retiring. And so they're going to raise the age. And France's Senate, despite the protests, which this week included shutting down schools, shutting down major airports, all kinds of businesses, not being able to function because so many people went on strike over the horror of raising the retirement age. And as I've pointed out many times, when everybody, when anybody does this story, they almost, almost always leave out the reason France is raising the age. It's not just that Macron hates the idea of people getting to quit working and enjoying retirement. No, the math doesn't work. But anyway, France's Senate late yesterday, approved the pension reform bill, raising the country's retirement age from 62 to 64. Um, The proposal, which has sparked months of strikes, will go to mediation between the Senate and the National Assembly next week because that's the way they do it, but it's likely to have final passage later this month. It is going to happen despite all those protests, and it's going to happen because it's got enough votes from uh, all the different parties because they got no choice. They've got no choice. The math is just what the math is. Same as with us. We can wait until it gets to that point and we have people pouring into the streets and protest or we can deal with it now. But they had the same math as a thing. Like gravity is a thing. Math is a thing. Uh, If you missed an hour of the show, grab the podcast. Armstrong and Getty on demand. More on the way.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
3: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: This is a remarkable development, and it all started when Mexican authorities in Matamoros found five men tied up next to a pickup truck. So take a look at this picture right here. It purports to show five sicarios of the Gulf cartel being turned in by the Gulf cartel. Now, according to the Associated Press, these men were found tied up in a truck that Mexican law enforcement had been searching for in connection with this deadly attack. Though there is no confirmation right now that any of these men were directly involved in the shooting.
2: Well, it all started when we predicted here on the Armstrong and Getty show earlier in the week that this is exactly what was going to happen. And I wonder, so they, they put forward one dude a couple of days ago. Remember, there was one flunky guy. We've arrested somebody. Nothing. No, don't worry about it. It's over now. We arrested some guy. He's a guy that was guarding the house where the two living members were. Of course, this is the story about the four Americans kidnapped, two killed by the cartels two that uh, they didn't kill, I think, when they figured out, holy crap, we uh, we have stepped in it. We got four Americans that got nothing to do with anything. We thought you were drug smugglers. Turns out you're not. Uh-oh. Then uh, the American media goes crazy covering it. Our government starts saying things like you heard in Clips of the Week. You heard Lindsey Graham talking about, we need to, you know, drone attacks, treat them like ISIS. Former Attorney General Barr saying, yeah, we got to treat them just like we treated ISIS, uh, like like we do uh, terrorists. You go at it that way. And the drug cartels decided, no, we do not want the full might of the U.S. government, uh, military and surveillance for surveillance operations coming down on us. We like the way things are going for us right now, getting super, super rich and running the country of Mexico. So they grabbed five dudes, whether these were the actual dudes or not. Tied him up, put him in the truck that if you've seen the horrifying videos of the abduction and killing that truck that was involved, they put him in the front of the truck tied up and then called someone and said, hey, got him. Come get him here where they are. You know, the quarter of a third in Guadalupe. So they get there and there's the truck and those five dudes are tied up inside there and there's this handwritten note. On the windshield, stuck under the windshield wiper, a really long handwritten note. And here's a little bit of that
4: on the windshield of that pickup truck was a handwritten apology from the Scorpions faction of the Gulf Cartel, saying they are turning over the men responsible for this attack. So it essentially says the Gulf Cartel condemns the attack which took place last Friday. It apologizes to the Americans and the innocent Mexican woman who died in the shooting. And it lays blame on the five men who are tied up on the ground, essentially saying they were undisciplined and they took action without any orders from cartel leadership.
2: I think that's really an interesting part of it. Yeah, the note says, uh, quoting from the note, we decided to turn over those who were directly involved and responsible in the event. But then that part, they acted under their own decision-making and lack of discipline, making it clear that we didn't do this on purpose. This is not our thing. These are some rogue guys. We don't like them either. Here you can have them. Now, whether these are the actual guys or they just grabbed the closest five guys to them to try to get the heat off, who knows? Um, although they ha- I would have guessed that they had a pretty good idea who actually did it. Uh, the ambush letter goes on to say that the Gulf cartel respects the life and well-being of the innocent. Uh, I don't know how uh, true they state to that all the time. I, plenty of innocent people have been killed in crossfire and that sort of thing with the drug cartels. But as we pointed out earlier in the week, these are businesses. It's just like the mob You know, whether you watch The Sopranos or The Godfather or whatever, they're not, except for in rare cases, you don't have psychopaths who just want to hurt people, although sometimes those kind of people are handy uh, working for your mob or your drug cartel if you got to do some business. Uh, But they're in business to make money. they're, They're willing to do just absolutely awful, unspeakable, horrible things in the pursuit of money. But they're not going to kill random Americans just because they enjoy killing. That's the opposite of what they want to do because it upsets the Apple cart in terms of the drug trade. They got they got a practically open border a uh, the third biggest country in the world to their north with an appetite for drugs. They don't want to upset that. They're making money hand over fist. So that that is an interesting development right there. And I'm sure the Mexican Mexican government was uh, uh, working with the cartels in some well in some way, saying, "Hey, look, we're talking to the 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 the, the people in uh, Washington D.C. They're serious about this, dudes. They ain't messing around. They ain't kidding. They're actually talking about military strikes." Now, I don't know that that would have ever happened, but um, it might have. I don't know. And uh, they they I'm sure they told the cartels this is this is a big big deal. You got to get this figured out fast. And they did remembering that this abduction happened a week and a half ago. I don't know why it didn't make the press until Monday night, but it was in all the news Monday night, and then things happened fast. It was a giant news story. Politicians start talking. Uh, They turn in the one guy. Then you get the five guys in the front of the truck all tied up yesterday. Those guys had to be scared to death. Of course, you work for a cartel. You got to have some uh, belief that your end might not be pretty. What an interesting development in that story. I haven't heard any of this stuff. Let's check in on it and see if it's any good. This is a woman named Cheryl Orange, who was the fifth friend of the four kidnapped in Mexico. There were five of them that traveled from the Carolinas to the border there near Brownsville, Texas. She didn't cross the border with her four friends. She found out what happened to them when she uh, she saw it on TV and everything like that. Let's start with 42 and just hear a little of this. I dropped the phone, my body clenched up, I dropped the phone, my stomach was in knots, and I just began praying. I just began praying for the return of them. Let's hear more. I didn't know much about the cartels, and I started looking up videos, and it was bad. I I I began to think the worst.
3: I want the world to leave us alone and stop being mean. I want them to have a heart because everyone has a past. When I spoke to Latavia yesterday. This lady was facing death damn near, and she said,
4: I was worried about you.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you were. Uh, That had to be something when she realized what had happened to her four travel mates when they crossed the border. Um, I don't know what she meant there by everyone has a past, but uh, that's a a nice sentiment. The whole, I want the world to leave us alone and stop being mean. Yeah, I want that too. So so do lots of people. That ain't going to happen. What an interesting development. Do you see the pictures? Those five guys tied up in that truck? Looking really sad. Looking really sad. Wow. Cartel. You you want to get the attention of anyone in the world? Let them know that we're going to start treating you the way we treat terrorists. Uh, because uh, we the long arm of the U.S. government going after terrorists, as you've seen with the leaders of ISIS and Al-Qaeda and whoever the hell else, that we're going to get you eventually. And... and Possibly a gruesome fashion. So, man, that got their attention fast. Really interesting. So I'm doing the whole single dad thing, unfortunately. And uh, I'm not really a cook. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever uh, tried uh, parenting by yourself, but it takes up a lot of your time. So, like, crafting long, complicated meals, even if you can cook, is difficult on school nights and that sort of thing. And that's where HelloFresh comes in. And they've got such a giant menu of different things that you can try, and it's 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 healthy. It's within the name fresh, and it's cheaper, which is interesting. Um, Forty weekly recipes, for instance, over 100 seasonal and convenience items with so many choices or something for everyone. And obviously, with the co- cost of groceries going up and up, it's a perfect time to get started with Hello Fresh. You should look into it and make it part of your. Regular plan to have this stuff delivered to your house. HelloFresh is actually cheaper than groceries, 25% cheaper than takeout, plus pre-proportioned ingredients cut back on food waste. You can sign up today for 60% off, plus free shipping with the code ARMSTRONG60. So if you've ever wanted to look into it, now's a good time looking into HelloFresh. Just go to hellofresh.com slash armstrong60. That's code armstrong60 at hellofresh.com slash armstrong60. We're talking about uh, Robert Blake, the actor, died, who you either really, really know if you're of a certain age or you don't know at all if you're younger. But he died 91? Is that how old he was? He was in his 90s, I think. Is that right, Michael? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was just asking if the TV show Beretta, which was maybe my favorite show of my entire childhood, um, was available anywhere. And Katie looked it up and it's on all kinds of streaming channels and it looks like Disney is the best place to find Beretta. So if you want to get your kids into a gritty crime drama of the 70s in which they can't curse and they say things like jive turkey when they yell at people, um, check out Beretta with Robert Blake. But it's it's funny, he was kind of in the news on this last Saturday night. Chris, Chris Rock brought him up in his Netflix special as another celebrity who had... Allegedly killed his ex-wife. You remember the whole, the whole Beretta story, where he he hated his ex-wife. She was trying to extort him. They 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 go out to a, a restaurant, and then they they walk out to the car together. He goes back into the, the restaurant. He later says to retrieve his gun. He goes back out to the car, and she's been shot dead. So uh, as Chris Rock pointed out. <laughs> That's quite the alibi. No, no, I didn't kill her. I was busy going back into the restaurant to get my gun, <laughs> which you know most of us don't take guns to restaurants or whatever. But anyway, Robert Blake dead at the age of ninety one. Maybe we'll revisit some more of that a little bit later. What a crazy life that guy lived. He was one of the uh, the little rascals if you're familiar with that old um, uh, black and white thing from geez way back in the what was it forties. 30s, whenever that, those TV shows were made. He was an original little, little Rascal. He was like an orphan or something. Had a really, really rough life. Became an actor. He uh, he was a really young actor in the movie In Cold Blood. That in black and white movie about the Truman Capote book. Capote book way, way back in the day. He played one of the lead characters. That's what made him famous. Then he was in Breda. And if you're of the right age, you remember his Tonight Show appearances with Johnny Carson were legendary because he was such a cool Funny dude, he was a guy. I think the reason that uh, uh, he's one of those guys that dudes wanted to be and women wanted to be with. I mean, that's a rare thing. But man, as a kid, he was like to me. He was like the epitome of cool. He was like the guy you wanted to be, but you nobody could ever be that cool. Uh, don't uh, don't uh, don't shoot your ex wife in the head outside the restaurant and then use your alibi of uh, I had to go back into the restaurant to get my gun. Well, it worked though. He was acquitted. Remember. Uh, well, yeah, we'll get. To, we've got some interview clips of him being on Barbara Walters that we're going to get to a little bit later in the show. We got some other news that I want to get to. Um, also, uh, why it's a nothing burger to talk about Joe Biden's budget, which was the dominant story of the news yesterday. Shouldn't have been, but was. So we'll touch on that uh, among other things on the way. Stay with us.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: This is it. Your moment. You all may remember that I had a big fight with the former president and maybe future president. Bless me, father. Ooh!
2: Oh, my God! Joe Biden said maybe future president about Donald Trump. Ooh! All right, whatever. Um, and speaking of whatever, I'll go through the motions of this briefly. If you're hip enough to realize this is a much ado about not, not, I mean, completely nothing. Much ado about absolutely freaking nothing. But whoever's president of the United States puts out their budget every year, it gets completely ignored. It has no power whatsoever. But everybody in Washington, D.C. pours over it like it means something. But anyway, here's a little bit of it.
0: Does this have any
2: chance of passing?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it does. Like, I think as the contrast occurs, I think you'll see a lot of it working.
2: The
4: headline is the deficit.
0: The budget I'm introducing today is gonna to reduce the deficit by nearly ten billion or three billion dollars or trillion dollars over ten years.
4: The president plans to bring the deficit down by raising taxes on the wealthy and corporations by four point seven trillion dollars over a decade.
0: Anybody who thinks our present federal tax system is fair, raise your hand.
2: Actually, I was going to play uh, McCarthy. Well, let's hear, let's hear from McCarthy on this. Go ahead. But the problem is he's spending
3: more. It's not a revenue problem. It's a spending. And what does this budget do? Raise more taxes, spends more money, creates probably the biggest government we've ever seen in the history of the United States.
2: It looks like Mara Liason, actually, Of uh, she's with NPR. It looks like she's going to make the same point I'm going to make about how this is the, 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 this the, there's no legal weight to the president putting out his budget. I don't know why anybody talks about it ever.
1: Tax hikes in general are unpopular, but tax hikes on the rich are popular. And they are willing to have this fight. They're saying to Republicans, where is your budget? You say you want to balance the budget, but you don't want to cut Medicare, Social Security, the Defense Department or Veterans Affairs. What's left? So this is the beginning of a political debate, as you said, and Politico said it's a messaging bill. Uh, We're in an election year, and uh, this is a political document.
2: It's what she said. It's a political document. Every year, whoever's president, Republican or Democrat, it's a political document. It's a messaging thing. It's about what my priorities are, but it doesn't mean anything. So there's no point in getting into the details like a lot of people do of this many trillion dollars, this or this much money for that. Because none of it is going to happen, especially when the other party controls the House. I mean, nothing. I mean, it won't even ever even be put together for a vote at all. So that's a little something maybe you can learn for the future going on if you didn't already know that. And never waste a day of your life ever again hearing about the president's budget. Uh, in the remaining time this hour, I have run into this several times recently. What they call Guilt tipping. And the growing world of tipping because of the fact that we all, so many of us now, pay with some sort of device. Like you you tap your credit card on there, or I use my watch now. I pay for everything with my Apple Watch. Man, if you haven't gotten your smartwatch to do that, especially at gas pumps, it's awesome. I just stick my wrist up to the gas pump. It goes ding, and I stick the thing in the, the hole and <laughs> start gassing up or dieseling up. It's fantastic. But have you noticed that everybody's asking for a tip now? Like everybody all the time. The writer of this story in the New York Times said he's at the grocery store the other day and he uh did the t- t- tap the card on there and it, it suggested a tip between 10 and 30%. For who? Who's the tip for? But the number of people that asked me for a tip now and the guilt tipping thing is real because they're standing right there and you kind of get the feeling are they like can they see this screen? Are they looking at me? Are they going to be Mad at me if I don't tip the person at Petco who just rang me up? Why, why would I tip that? I've never tipped this person before. Starbucks drive-thru did that to me. Starbucks drive-thru.
3: Look right at you as they're holding it to you. <laughs> would you like it? It's, a, you know, please, sir.
2: Right. Yeah. So I don't, uh, we got to figure out the new etiquette around this. We all had had, had the etiquette. Drilled into us for many, many years. Okay, I'm at a restaurant. We got a waiter coming back and forth. They're working. 20% is the the, the, you did a good job standard. More if they're better, less if they're not. But the tipping every single human being. And then I always like to ask, depending on the situation, if they even get to keep their tips. Because in some cases, it goes into some sort of general fund. So one of the great things that I like about tipping is that it's a. Uh, a, a carrot for somebody who's giving good service to you know hey keep it up i appreciate it other people appreciate it you know uh, reward good work but if it goes into some sort of general fund like it happens at a lot of places ask them someplace if you're tipping where's this money go a lot of places it goes into some general fund that they like split up among everybody at the end of the month well that's not that's not gonna be a good incentive for the for the waiter who busts their ass to you know make sure you got water and coffee and food and all that sort of stuff Um, so I, I, I oftentimes go around that. If it's going to go into a general fund, then I try to see if I can dig out some cash and tip that person, um, in person, like just give it to them. Hey, this is yours. Um, I've done that many times, but yeah, I'm glad the New York times take a look at taking a look at guilt tipping and also the whole, every time you pay with a device, the screen has a oftentimes predetermined, I was at a restaurant just the other night where it's got the predetermined, this is the total of your bill. We already factored in 20%. And then you got to go to like a different screen if you want to lower it. Not cool. Not digging this. Not digging it at all. I'm supposed to tip the person at Petco who rang up the bag of dog food? What is the appropriate tip for that? 20%? 5%? How about nothing since that's what I've been paying my whole life for this? Sort of, I thought this what's your job? I don't know. If you know more about it, or what, maybe you're in uh, the industry at all, what are your expectations? If you work at just a regular store, are you now expecting to be tipped? Am I getting glared at as I walk out the door? Is somebody going to spit in my food or something? Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. Uh, we're going to talk to Mike Lyons. He is a military uh, expert, went to West Point, has lots of experience about what's going on with uh, Ukraine and that battle. Are we falling behind China if we get into a war with them and a number of other things to discuss? And that be, will be coming up at the beginning of hour two. If you miss an hour and, you know, you think that sounds pretty good, but you can't be around for it, you can get in podcast form, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. That's what you look for. Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
1: Armstrong and Getty.